0: this is Chris Westfall, and this is the Financial Executive Podcast. With all the changes that have happened in the world and in the way we work over the past two years, finance professionals not only need to get used to change, but rapid change that is sometimes at an unforgiving pace. In this episode of the podcast, we speak with Patricio Vargas, Chief Financial Officer of international healthcare and pharma company ProCaps Group regarding how he was able to navigate through a SPAC transition while keeping his team focused in the middle of a global
1: pandemic. Uh, thanks for inviting me, Chris. Um, I've, I've been a CFO, uh, our financial executive, for, for a long time in different companies. Right now, I'm a CFO of ProCaps Group, Colombian based company, Pharmaceutical. Um, and uh, I am a my background is, believe it or not, electrical engineering, <laughs> uh, and up until the last moment I went out of school, I thought I would devote myself to electrical projects for my life, and then I, some, something changed. I started in the finance area, and, and only except a brief uh, time wandering to the commercial side of some businesses, I've always been in finance. And uh, in, in big corporations and in uh, smaller corporations and pharmaceutical corporations, and actually probably one experience that is relevant to the current one that I'm carrying mm. is the CFR, uh, CFR Pharmaceuticals experience. It was, I don't, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's a corporation in Chile that did an IPO in 2011 and we embarked on an MA process and process and, and growth, very, very aggressive uh, growth uh, throughout LATAM and outside of LATAM. Mm. And, and I think that, that gave me like, the, the flavor for this type of project where I'm in right now. And actually what I what I was looking for and what I liked when I came to join uh, Procaps.
0: So I have to ask you, um, I mean, what, what, you said something switched to go from electrical engineering to finance. Could you describe that a little bit? And, and what about your background in electric, electrical engineering do you think sort of in, feeds into your
1: work in finance right now? Well, I think I think what you learn in engineering, but by, by the way, I don't know if, if you're familiar with this, uh, I studied in Chile and yeah. typical the 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 career for engineering Chile is a very long one. Mm. You study six years. The very the first four years you get your bachelor's degree or the equivalent to a four-year college. Mm. And then you have another two year specialization, which would be equivalent to a, to a, to a specialization to a master's. But but that, that's your engineering. So it's I had a lot of electrical experience uh, electrical studies experience i think what probably served me the most working through finance was the ability to think critically the ability to dissect a problem the ability to to like take anything that came our way even if i did not have the specific knowledge at the time right uh and, and, and tackling it and, and, and solving it. so i think that was that was the most important one actually i think i'm very grateful of my first boss who, who told me, don't worry about finance. You'll learn everything you need to know in the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, I think it was, so far, so so good.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point. So your, your company, the current your company you're currently with ProCraps um, works in healthcare and pharmaceuticals, which is rapidly, rapidly developing, no matter what way you look at it. Uh, what are the, do you think, the unique skills you need uh, as a financial executive, to work in those sort of quickly developing industries,
1: probably the skills are. I think they would apply to other areas too. Uh, of course, you, you need you need to have solid knowledge of you know uh, new new ways to evaluate businesses, especially if you're growing aggressively. If you're doing money, you need to be able to have an eye to evaluate different conditions assess the risks uh, even beyond finance so that's that's like one big thing that i think it applies to everything Uh, the other skill that i think it's critical in our company but then that would apply to any fast moving company is that you need to be flexible and and i I really mean flexible means that for instance your job description doesn't mean much when you're in this type of mode i'm guessing this is also applicable to startups uh because you need to take take charge of things that no one has seen, no one is taking care of, or or the urgency of the moment is you know leaving those things unattended. So you need to be able to see that to to take it, raise a flag, create awareness and and deal with it. so it, so it's uh, I don't know if, if this is what you would expect to hear, but more than financial knowledge, the skills that I think we need is to be, uh, proactive in identifying the risks and, and and tackling them and and evaluating those risks uh, correctly. So that's that's what I think is more relevant right now.
0: Yeah, no, I, I hear that a lot, and I hear that a lot of, from what a lot of our members when they say what they look for um, in uh, the people they're bringing on. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Maybe um, what do you look for? You know, in the people you work with, the people you work, bring up in finance. I mean, uh, what are th- what are the top three skills you look for when you when you bring them on?
1: Well, I I would say definitely a sense of uh, having can can I say cold blooded? Uh, sure. A, cool, a sense of not, not panicking. No, it's a right. This this is a very very fast paced uh, business, uh, and and you get pressures from the public, of course. I mean the, the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to deliver and to go certain way, uh, you need to look for what is best for the company, and 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 that means not necessarily always you're going to do what your investor, your market is expecting you to do. You need to do what's right at the right moment. So that means you need to sustain that pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an external pressure. There's also internal pressure, um, uh, because the the businesses that comprise our corporation are businesses that are used to operating in certain ways. And you need to like put some order into this company that is adjusting to the new era, mm. uh, the, the new rules. Uh, so you need to be like firm, you need to help them. You need to help them create the value. You need to understand your role as as, as helping them to generate the value, but you need to tell them that this is the way to do it. Uh, you cannot move away from this area. So, so I think you need to be, like I told you, very cold-blooded to yeah. not panic, to, to accept uh, your role as uh, stewarding this, this ship uh, and keeping the role. So that's, that's one thing that, and, and, and you need to, it's kind of hard to, to decide at the beginning if someone has that or not, but I think that's very critical for me. Then I mentioned to you the flexibility. You need to be able to do other things that may be outside of your description. Uh, and then of course, depending on which area you're going to be working in finance, of course, you, you need to have some uh, critical accounting skills. Yeah. Uh, on and, and then financing skills uh, especially in our area in, in, in our in our sector we're going to uh, raise that. Uh, we are present in many countries so we need to have knowledge of uh, uh, hedging instruments so so the finance the finance part like, let's say the pure finance or the more corporate finance uh starts to be more important in a company like us where before probably was not as important <laughs>
0: yeah no that that makes total sense. And then you talk about like reacting to change and being able to, you know make the best decisions for your company, I want to go a little bit into that and um, how has the pandemic changed the business for you and, and the way you I guess, the way you think about finance and, and within the company and the way you think about working with others in in this environment?
1: That's, that's a very good question. And it's something that I think completely changed the way we we, we really view how do we interact with others. Yeah. Uh, because one of the things that this pandemic gave us was the opportunity to look into our colleagues' lives. You know, when we move into this uh, Zoom world, uh, we, we, it was, I mean, there are many memes or jokes or or even movies maybe talking about this issue. But right. But the fact is that you would see the family of your colleague uh, interrupting the call, or the pets of, of this colleague, and, and and you realize that they were as vulnerable or had the same problems that, that you had. Right. So, so I think for the most part, one of the things, one of the good things that this left us in, in this company was was better connected with our colleagues. That's that's one important thing that I think uh, happened here. The other thing is that. Before we thought that there were a lot of things that could not be done unless you were face to face, unless you were in a in a a meeting, collaborating directly. And we learned that, especially for a company like us that has operations in many countries, you know there were certain things that you would make executives fly and come and join this company. Uh, and, And now you realize that it's it's good to have the connection. It's actually it's positive. You need to have some connection but you don't need to wait to have that in presence meeting in order to make the changes. So, so that allows us, allowed us to be more flexible quickly, you know, more more quick, sorry, sorry, quicker to react. Um, So I think that the being more connected and understanding more the needs of our, of our colleagues and being quicker to react, I think are the two most important things that we learned uh in this company and and i think we also learned that i know this 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 may sound even cheesy when you talk about a family mm. uh, i know there's a lot of things uh, a lot of articles out there but but ProCaps in itself being founded by ruben minsky 44 years ago and he's still leading the company mm. has a lot of that there's, yeah. there's, there's this, this there's this was this sense about being family and i think the pandemic only strengthened that because there was a lot of uh Interaction and, and and we were worried by our, our employees helping them get the vaccine. So I think there's a, you, you see a lot of motivation uh, in in this workforce. So I think leaving all the 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 horror, the problems that the pandemic gave us, I think we're coming out of this as a stronger cooperation.
0: What do you, what do you think are going to be the permanent changes that you see in the way you work and and uh, well, let leave it at that. In the way way the finance team works.
1: Yeah, I think two things. I I, I think we we will be traveling less. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking. About, we're a multinational corporation, so uh, so there was a lot of travel t- travel and and we think it is necessary. Again, we, we think you, you uh, not in this company. I, I was in another company when the pandemic started, and and uh, uh, we were able to do an MA and uh, Practically everything from 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 this from the zoom from from the video conference yeah so 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 but still you need the connection you still need to go and see people but but you don't need to be present all the time there are a lot of things more than you we used to think before uh, can be done uh, by, uh, by by telephone by conference right so i think one of the things we're, is, is that we're not going to travel as much as before mm-hmm. uh, and the other thing like i mentioned, we don't need to wait to be all together in the same room to to do a, a, a major change in the corporation. So you, you can even uh, do a project that maybe needs some change management. Uh, again, and before you would not think of doing that unless everyone was in the same room and you could be with them two days. You can do it. You can move ahead. Again, working uh, towards being faster, uh, a swifter company
2: money is the lifeblood of an organization and it's up to finance to keep it flowing it's you who does the day-to-day work of seeing the future planning for it then making it happen you're not just managing the company's money you are in a critical way shaping the company's strategy and the systems you rely on have to keep up and keep improving SAP helps you continuously transform finance so you can continuously transform your company. With SAP, you move beyond the basics of everyday ERP to intelligent ERP, bringing innovation and creativity across your finance organization and out to the rest of the business. Why? Because modern finance has to keep looking forward, delivering processes and analysis that are always on, always getting better and always ready to drive business model changes and innovations. SAP can help your business tackle new problems, define new business models, and adapt to new markets in an instant. To learn more, visit www.sap.com finance, or look for the link in this episode's show notes.
0: What, what do you think are the I mean beyond just the you know, the operational and and what's going on in your industry but what are do you see other the risks in this change world I mean you know we I mean a lot of people talk about well you know a lot of the controls that are in place you need to be in person to have oversight of those controls what what's your opinion on that what are the risks that,
1: that, that's a good point uh, especially because it, it touches on on a company like us that we're a, a newly newly listed company so right. this is it's a new world for us when you talk about controls uh, you cannot compare the controls that we have with the controls that I don't know Citibank or Amazon have you know the we're talking about different different, completely right. different animals uh, so, so probably that risk would be bigger for us right mm. uh, but I think we have managed I think one of the things when you are a smaller corporation that you learn to live with that, uh, let's say risk, yeah. uh, or you tolerate more risk. I'm, I'm not sure how to say it or, or what it is exactly. Uh, but you learn to to control with less supervision, just focusing on the things that are more relevant. Uh, and in the process where well, some things may escape you, but, but I think the benefits of working like this in, in a more efficient way by, by moving quicker, by working uh, remotely, I think uh, the, those benefits overpass the, the, the cost of the risk of this lack of oversight. That's one thing. The other, one thing that I've learned that, that I think I have changed in the past few years uh, from what I think, what, what, from what I thought before, is that I think most people are really trying to do their job there may be some people that are. Uh, you have to be careful. Yeah. Uh, of course, there are areas like, uh, you know, treasury. You, you cannot leave a treasury right. area without controls. Uh, but, but when you're talking about projects, group collaboration, you don't really need to be, you know, timing them what they're doing, what they're spending their time on on, on screen. Uh, I think on the long run, people really see the benefit of creating value for the company and, and them. Uh, and if not, at some point, those people leave. So no, I, I don't. I think I think the benefits are far outweighing the the cost of not having all those uh, mm-hmm. controls in place.
0: So you mentioned um, you went public this year, right? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, recently, uh, yeah. a couple of yeah. months ago.
0: Yeah, and um, you did it via SPAC, is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: So yeah, that's something definitely our members are seeing, and um, they're very you know cognizant of. So. You know that's a sort of a unique process, and uh, I mean, doing a SPAC and doing the SPAC in the middle of a pandemic, and you know all the economic turmoil that's going on. You know, it must have been uh, overwhelming at times. What are some of the lessons you learned from that process?
1: Well, I can make a comparison uh, with the normal IPO because I was in a in a normal or, or full IPO process when I was right. in CFR. And I came here. I came here a few months ago, uh, so at the end of the SPAC process. But but I was keeping track of this uh, before I came here. So uh, one thing that is different is that in the IPO, of course, you can you you never know for sure what is the price you know at which you're going to be launching your your, your capital increase. So right. that's the uncertainty. But you pretty much know what you're going to receive unless you you went awfully wrong in your expectations. Right? Yeah, yeah. In in the SPAC, given the fact that there can be redemption and that uh, your shareholders may decide to leave at the last minute, there's a lot more uncertainty. So that's one of the things that really? I think SPAC, you know, the, the, the people that are carrying out SPAC, they should really know that and be aware of that. Hmm. Okay. Um, then probably the other thing that I think it's it, I think it's an advantage of the SPAC process is that you can talk more freely about the prospects of the future. So you can share. What right before you become a public company, you can share what you're seeing for the future. So it's easier to convey the story when you're doing an IPO. It's more backward looking. You you, you can tell, of course, you're you're not giving guidance. You know when you're doing an IPO. So so in that sense, it's it's easier to convey the story. But I think uh, the market is divided, and some 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 investors just don't like the process of spark. You know, of companies going public through SPAC. Uh, I think for us it was good in the end. There was there was high uh, there was redemption, but we got the funds that we needed, uh, that we will combine with debt uh, to carry on our our inorganic growth plan. So so all in all, I need I would need probably to add one one more thing. When you do an IPO, you prepare like. Beforehand, because you know you need to arrive with all the the processes, the systems, uh-huh. uh, the controls for right. the financial statements. When you do a SPAC, it's the SPAC process. It's, it's it's faster, and you don't get enough time to prepare. So so you're running at the end, uh, and you're scrambling to get the numbers. And yeah. uh, it's it's a learning process. And now we're there. But I think from the point of view of finance executive, you suffer more, if, if because you know, you, you you need to balance more more balls in the air, and and it's, it's it's more complicated. So, I think for peace of mind, an IPO process is is lengthier, but it's it's it gives you more more comfort. Now, after the the process is done, and you're a public company, well, then you're in the same condition. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, well, how do you how do you handle that stress? I mean, I mean, that's something I've heard from a couple other members. When they speak of the the spec process the these sort of you know the 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 um, for lack of a better term stress of it and and keeping all those balls in the air how do you handle that as somebody who's like managing a finance team uh, I mean how do you coach up your team members to you know where you want to go
1: well that's that's a very good question it's it's not easy mm-hmm. um, and, and I think you really need to have some sort of like psychologist inside of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think, I think there's a lot of courage in the teams. I don't know if, if you have heard that, uh, I think it was James Clear, I read in a book or, or in a podcast, I can't remember. But he mentioned that you don't rise to your goals, that you fall back to your systems mm-hmm. or, or something like that. And, and the thing is, right, that when you're like doing the SPAC process and you don't have yet the full systems in place, Meeting the deadlines, getting the numbers, getting the filings, and everything—it's more like a personal courage issue. Yeah. And, and people like they, they really give everything of themselves to get things up, getting getting things to the moment uh, that they need to be. And, and but but you have a system that is not prepared for that. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's a very tough, challenging scenario where people are burnt out and. Uh, and again, you need to have a good sense of team. You need to have a sense of purpose. You need to believe in the story. And fortunately for us, the team in the finance area completely believe in the story, in Ruben leading the team, and in, in, in the ProCap story and what we're going to do in the future. So in that sense, it was easier to motivate that team. Uh, but but it's a, it's seriously it's a it's a coaching. It's a, it's a you got to listen to the team. You got to give them comfort. You need to keep them pushing. And, and in the end uh, it works out but it's hard i, I think it's a human but are not talking about here about knowledge specific knowledge right. then if, if you're missing if you're missing technical let's, let's talk about accounting knowledge you can hire that you can you can hire people to be working with you during a certain time um but but it's a it's the will to keep working the longer hours that are needed for a long time in order to get this this process done
0: yeah and that's sort of uh when I, the question I want to, you know, sort of wrap up our conversation with, it, because it, it goes into the question of, you know, what what sort of people you look for and, and what sort of skills you look for uh, when you're looking to recruit into the finance suite. And I think you mentioned that a little bit, because there's always that push and pull of the technical accounting skills versus the, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, the the more um, personal skills and and leadership skills. So maybe you can talk a little bit about how you look for that, especially when it comes just to the finance suite, because, you know, you you can talk about leadership in other areas and product or operations, but I mean, finance is a very particular, you know, uh, skill. and, And what are you looking for in the finance people who are coming out of, an accounting school or coming out of a finance program
1: well i think one of the first things if we talk about the technical part uh, accounting need, needs to be strong uh, no matter which area of finance you're thinking hmm. whether it's going to be of course accounting i don't need to say that but uh, the, the finance area industrial relations which is which is a branch of finance uh, you need to have strong accounting skills. And 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 for instance, I did not have strong accounting skills when I started in this. And, and mm-hmm. that was hard for me to, to, to get up to speed with. So, so that's one thing that, that, that I look for in, in people. Then one thing that I did not mention, but I think it's critical. I think I've seen it in a couple of companies, uh, which is the ability to lead and to be led. Uh, sometimes when you find someone that is very good at leading teams they are not so good at accepting that they need to be led by others mm-hmm. in this in this uh, type of companies that i have worked that multinational companies and you're, you're in finance working in, a, in an area that is providing service to others and sometimes you need to lead a project uh, that that crosses different areas of the company and therefore you need to work with the uh, commercial area operations area you need to lead it and you need to be able to 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 lead those people that are based in different areas or different countries, but at the same time there are projects where the one that has to take the lead is the commercial area, and you need to like like submit to that leadership. And trust me, not everyone not everyone is good at that. Yeah, you know, sometimes when you're used to leading, uh, it's hard for you to do it. For instance, in my case. I'm the CFO of the company, but there are things where I need to, you know, accept that the operations manager or the business vice president, they need to tell me what they want and how they want it and I need to deliver. And that's fine. And you need to be able to assume a different position depending on the project that you current. So that's another thing that is critical for me too.
0: Great. Those are my questions. I really appreciate you taking the time. So thanks very much.
1: Thanks for having me, Chris.